Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for Thursday the 24th of June. Coming to you from a Sydney that is, it's not really locked down, but it's pretty fucking restricted. Hello, Charles. It, it is locked down, Dom. I was going to go on holidays on Saturday and I can't fucking go. How fucking much more lockdown do you need to be to be locked down? Well, if you're foolish enough to want to leave this wonderful state where we never, ever lock down unless it's absolutely desperate, then that's what you get. Is that the spin, is it? That, that it's not really locked down because no one would ever want to leave Sydney anyway. Well, I just saw um, yesterday flash up on my phone, you know, WA introduces hard lockdown. South Australia says no one from New South Wales can come over. And I'm kind of going, yeah, I was kind of there already, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but right. it is a big change. So people from, from Metropolitan Sydney, which include us, can't leave um, the area of Metropolitan Sydney where all the good coffee is. But instead of actually locking things down, they've just mm. put in all these restrictions. And the Health Minister, Brad Hazard, wanted to find a way to explain to everyone just how dangerous and infectious this Delta variant is. Here's what he went with at the press conference yesterday. The Delta variant of the COVID virus is actually a gold medalist when it comes to jumping from one person to another. It is a long jumper. It's a long jumper. I mean, great to be in the spirit of Tokyo 2020 already. Um, What a terrible analogy. Surely there are better ways to illustrate how infectious it is. Surely the Delta variant is... It's like a national party leader who disgraces himself, you know, a few years ago and then comes back years <laughs> mm. later having not really changed at all but be somehow even more creepy and awful. Yeah, I was thinking you could model the spread against uh, the, the spread of Barnaby Joyce's DNA through his office. I was thinking also because it's from Bondi, you could say it's as fast like as an eastern suburbs drug dealer just delivering heaps and heaps of stuff in a 24-hour period, just moving around and dropping stuff off. And also because it's costing the state, I think, $1 billion a day or something to shut down, so which is about the cost of a gram of cocaine at the moment. So. <laughs> I was thinking like it leaps more boldly than Scott Morrison going to visit the grave of his ancestor and not tell anyone about it. Like it's pretty effective. It's as effective, Charles, as a vaccine rollout. But in the UK. As effective as a non-Australian vaccine roller. Yep. That's Pretty great. Much That's everywhere else. Good. US, wherever yeah. you like. So in this episode of the podcast, we're going to take a look at the new restrictions and how it all works. We're going to talk about how to survive a school holidays where all of your plans just got cancelled. And we're going to check in with Scott Ludlam on uh, what's happening with the Great Barrier Reef. Scott Ludlam's a former Green senator, but I'll tell you what, he's he's changed his tune. Oh, really? He's... he's, he's pro-degradation and slow death of the reef. Is he okay? He's with the Australian government on this one. Very, very uh, All that and more coming up. But let, First of all, let's go to Rebecca Dana Minow in the Chaser newsroom. Where she is dutifully wearing a mask. Scott Morrison has taken a snap two-week holiday in Hawaii after the largest city in Australia found itself in a major crisis. The Prime Minister justified the trip, saying that he'd already been fully vaccinated and it wasn't his fault that he hadn't ordered enough vaccine. A writer for News Corp has been fired after they were unable to come up with a way of blaming Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews for the latest Sydney lockdown. The writer was fired after suggesting calling the New South Wales Premier Gulag Gladys after she placed travel restrictions on everyone in metropolitan Sydney. Animal enthusiasts enjoyed a rare spectacle yesterday as they witnessed a spontaneous mass stampede. The species, known as Homo greateris sydneyus, rapidly migrated from the CBD to anywhere outside of fucking Sydney to outrun the 4pm restrictions. 
That's the latest news you can't rely on. I'm Rebecca Dayunamuno. This episode of The Chase Report is sponsored by Working From Home. Working, sorry, working from home. Shut up. Now, Dom, you know the worst thing about this stupid Sydney lockdown? And, look, I I do apologise if you don't live in Sydney, but we're just going to talk about it. It's it's just about us. We're finally the ones suffering. (laughs) Finally, our sense that it is all about us is justified, given that we are in (laughs) metropolitan Sydney. It's not lockdown, but it's all but. But the worst part is that New South Wales school holidays start on Friday. It's just so like this Christmas. A, Remember how this like happened a, during the Christmas holidays? Yes. Ah, oh, it's just so terrible. You just lock down with our fucking kids. Like, I think it's fine to be locked down if your kids still get to go to school or whatever. But, and they're, they're not even going to have school. It's not going to be like homeschooling them. Yeah. We're going to have to actually... I don't know, talk to them, interact with them? I mean, what am I going to do, Dom? Charles, you know, in wartime, what they used mm. to do was send all the kids to the country. Remember that for their own safety. What yes. if What if that happened in a semi-permanent manner? I mean, this whole COVID thing will be done by probably 2030. Yes. They'll be nice and safe there in the bush. Yeah. And also then they'll, you know, like if they t- return as sort of mid-20-somethings, hmm. they'll return as really interesting, well-rounded people who've had, you know, a whole lot of experience in the bush. Yeah, mentally um, damaged massive. by separation from their families, but yeah. that will make them, that'll mean they do yeah. really good stand-up comedy routines at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah, they'll, they'll have massive psychological damage <laughs> from their um, childhood trauma. But other than that, hmm. um, it'll be great, yeah. So, no, I think that's a good idea. Uh, I, I, I was thinking one thing that could be very – like a fun activity because we've got to think of fun activities oh, to, to do with them because, like, I don't think we're going to be going to movies or, you know, going to the local 10-pin bowling alley and things like that. Like, all those things are going to be required to wear masks. There's too many restrictions. Mm. I suppose we could go to the park or go to another park. But I was thinking a really exciting activity would be – imagine – Getting vaccinated. Oh. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. You already have been. So are there other yeah. – I presume that there are childhood vaccines you haven't gotten around to giving them yet in the years well, I just think – Just get them vaccinated wait, for those. Yeah, we just get them randomly vaccinated against – Yellow fever? Yeah, yellow fever or um, – what's the one? The rabies. Yeah, shots. rabies. Yeah. That's three shots. You've got to get yeah. three shots in a row. <laughs> well, Charles, I had an idea like that for my daughter, actually, because mm. she likes getting a COVID test and she's had to do it twice. She would just mm. go to a drive through one. She's three. They just stick a thing up and actually it only goes in her mouth. But every time she goes to get tested, she gets a caramello koala. So she loves ah, it. Right. So I mean, I could just give her the, the chocolate, but that wouldn't kill two hours. So we can just go every day and you all get tested. Yeah, and you get your caramella koala. So the, do the government hand them out free? No, I do it as a bribe. Can I come and get tested with you? You can. <laughs> yeah, you can all feed like in. a caramel koala. Yeah, they're very nice. Um, yeah. she, I mean, she would just gladly watch iView for 16 hours straight. I'm just telling myself it's good for her language development, except that Pepper is giving her a Cockney accent. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, point. no, you don't want that. Um, what about talking to them? Do you think? Look, I mean... I, I've tried that. I've, yeah. I, my daughter used to say all these really cute things where she got it wrong and now she yes. she's really good at speaking. So it's just getting – I mean, you know, no. I, you can't have a profound intellectual conversation with a three-year-old, Charles. I just mentioned Nietzsche and she just doesn't understand. Yeah. And the problem with Hartley is he's so into Bitcoin now. 
I just feel every time I, I enter into a conversation with him, because he's 12, um, I'm just likely to lose money. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what I was thinking? I'm actually looking seriously at this. I'm pondering moving to Bondi, right? Because yeah. imagine how cheap the rents are going to be at the moment. <laughs> And then by the time summer comes, it will actually be nice to live in Bondi. I think that's a very good idea. And in actual fact, that could lead to probably the most exciting thing you could do all school holidays, mm. which is to get infected with the Delta variant. Yeah, it's going I mean, viral. It's never a dull moment. <laughs> and at least something would then happen. It that's like, true. You'd yeah. get put in intensive care and you'd get all this attention. You'd make the news. Everywhere the that news. I'd been in the past week would get published in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the last idea that I have, um, it's been tried in Melbourne and I th- it worked well. What you do is you go, you get COVID, but then you mm. drive all the way to the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah, but you've got to go via Victoria yeah. as well. I'll go yeah. via Victoria. And finally, um, another thing, and I'm not sure whether it's allowed. South I was Australia. thinking of just taking the kids on a tour of English pubs um, <laughs> and not wear masks or anything like that and just claim that it was because I accidentally had some fog and, uh, and ended up there and it was a total accident. So that, yeah. that's my plan. You could inspect the graves of your ancestors. Or yeah, if you, or if you die from the Delta variant, your kids could inspect your grave. It'd be perfect. This episode of The Chase Report is brought to you by Foresight. Who could have predicted that not ordering enough vaccines during a pandemic would be a problem? Foresight. With Sydney locking down, I thought it might be a good opportunity to go back and look through the history of Australia's vaccine rollout. Yes. This will be uplifting. Yes, because I just want to remind people how great things looked in the middle of the last year when mm. Scott Morrison first announced... A sovereign vaccine plan which will keep Australia right up the front. Three for vaccine. That's right, we were up at the front of the queue. It was uh, Scott Morrison's promise. And even towards the end of last year, Greg Hunt was confident that by about now, by about, you know, middle of this year that most of Australia would be vaccinated and and even... By the end of 2021, uh, we'll be uh, very close uh, to, uh, I would put it this way, widespread international travel. That's right. We're all just going to jet off around the world by the end of this year, just in a few months' time. Widespread. You know what's (laughs) widespread? Fucking COVID. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is the whole thing, Dom. I reckon the promises that the federal government made were... We're a gold standard. We were at the front of the queue when it we came were. to promises. Our hypothetical vaccine rollout was going to be oh, amazing. It was, I mean, it was going to be hypothetically, not, not roll gold, it was going to be roll platinum, Charles. But then 2021 came around. Um, mind you, even at the beginning of 2021, even though they knew that they hadn't quite bought enough, Morrison was still... He was pretty cocky. By the end of February, end of March, I should say, to to have reached some four million uh, population. Four million, four million by the end of the March. Wasn't that good? <laughs> what I love about that clip is that it, he went by the end of February. I mean, by the end of March, and the, the update of that is oh, by the end of April, by the end of May. I think June, perhaps July. Yeah, we're thinking Christmas, Charles. Yeah, they ha- they still haven't reached that goal. At the end of March, they were eighty five percent short of that goal. So this was after it had completely fallen over. It then took another two months for the government to actually say this. It's not a competition. It's not a race. You've got to get it right and it's got to be safe. It's not a race. It's not a competition. So it's not a race. We don't have to worry about being vaccinated because, 
you know, you don't want to be competitive. To be fair to the government, if if it was a race, it would mm. be an area of policy where they've also made absolutely no progress. So <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter true. either way, I think. Yeah. It's actually probably quite a good thing that it's not a race because they'd probably lock them up and um, mm. kill them in custody. Yeah. But uh, look... I've got a solution to this problem, oh, Tom. Thank goodness, someone does. It borrows heavily from the Philippines uh, ah. vaccination program. Yeah, so you know how the Philippines has this uh, President Duterte, who who likes to kill drug dealers yeah. and things like that. Well, he's got this new policy, which is if you don't get vaccinated, you go to jail. Wow. Right? Yeah. Now, obviously, that wouldn't work in Australia because. We'd have to put everyone in jail because there's no <laughs> vaccine, right? So, so I'm not saying we exactly copy the Philippines model, but what about if you if if we did this plan, which is you go to jail if you don't order enough vaccine in the first fucking place? <laughs> The New South Wales government has brought in tough new restrictions from 4pm yesterday. All pubs and clubs in the Bondi area must observe a strict limit of 4 grams of cocaine per toilet cubicle. Cafes in Sydney's inner west must observe a strict limit of 4 piccolo macchiatos per person. Aldi shoppers will be restricted to a strict limit of 4 discount trombones per visit. Children in metropolitan Sydney are strongly advised to stand at least 1.5 metres away from Catholic priests at all times. Finally, if you're the Prime Minister and have already been fully vaccinated and even gone on a trip overseas to the pubs of England while the rest of the country waits to receive the vaccine that you didn't order enough of, please fuck off. This has been a message on behalf of the people of Sydney. So yesterday we talked about the Great Barrier Reef and and how the government has said that as long as you ignore climate change, that uh, the Great Barrier Reef is one of the most well-managed reefs in the world. Well, um, I've got on the line Scott Ludlam, and uh, he's one of those, you know, greeny type ex-senators who um, goes around talking about the environment all the time. And I just want to put to him some of uh, the government's very persuasive arguments that uh, Susan Lay, who's the Environment Minister, put yesterday. Scott Ludlam, uh, welcome to the Chase Report. Hey, it's nice to be here at last. Now, Scott, do you admit that as long as you ignore climate change, the Great Barrier Reef is one of the best managed reefs in the world. Yeah, I think that's entirely fair and reasonable. As long as you ignore the fact that it's dying, it's, uh, it's doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and also, don't you agree that the government's approach to climate change should be ignored because all those issues are not a UNESCO thing. They're actually, it's a different committee that deals with climate change. So, so the government is right to ignore climate change when it comes to the reef. Yeah, because that's exactly how ecosystems work. Mm. Uh, that's how the atmosphere works, that's how the ocean works, and uh, that's how the environment works overall. I think it's incredibly irresponsible of the reef to have done this. So are you calling on the reef to get looked after by a separate committee? Like, surely that's on the reef. It's, that's the reef's fault, isn't it? I'm, I'm glad that we're so stridently in agreement on this. The reef, quite frankly, needs to get its shit together. This is a disgrace. It needs to be able to work with the government to time these announcements a little bit more conveniently. It's just a little bit suspicious, isn't it, that the reef would be bringing up climate change just when it's dying out. Like, that, that's a bit of a suspicious timing, isn't it? It is. It's clearly political. And the minister, I don't think, I think you're correctly referred to her as the environment minister. I think she'd prefer to be referred to as the alternative oil and gas minister. Quite correctly, 
blamed the reef for politicising this issue. It's a disgrace. Yes, good. I'm, I'm so glad. It, yeah, because cause this is the whole problem, isn't it, that the climate change keeps on being politicised as if politicians can do something about climate change. Look, gas balances in the atmosphere clearly have a left-wing bias. Mm. That's, that's been clear since the 1990s. Yes, yes, good. And look, um, while I've got you and, um, you know, just on broader issues, um, seeing you seem to be so in agreement with the government, um, just leaving aside climate change, don't you think the government's just doing a great job? I can't think of a single thing that's gone wrong in the last <laughs> 12, 24 months. Yeah. Like it. It's a, it's a flawless machine working exactly as it's intended to work. See, I'm very surprised by what you've just told me, Scott, because your, your book is a sort of hand-wringing, lefty-greeny exercise. What's it, what's it called? It's called Full Circle, and, yeah, it's basically a full-bottle condemnation of the kind of extractive capitalism that has led us to this catastrophe. Right. So, so you're just doing that book for the money. Yeah, but I'm doing a little bit of lobbying for the oil and gas industry on the side, which is what this pitch is all about. <laughs> Scott Lotham, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. It's been weird, but a pleasure. <laughs> this episode of The Chaser Report is sponsored by Not Making Any Plans Ever. If you don't make plans, they can't get ruined. Not Making Any Plans. One more thing before we go, Charles. We do have something to talk about, which is not ourselves and what's going on in Sydney. Not far from here, in Wellington, in rural New South Wales, a prison has been taken over by mice. Uh, They've gone in, they've gnawed through um, electrical wiring, there are dead and decaying mice in the walls and the ceiling. They've had to move 200 staff and 420 inmates to other prisons because the mice have taken over the prison. And I've got to say... That sounds like an amazing dystopian fiction project. <laughs> Whoever came up with that plan, whichever mastermind, criminal mastermind mm. came up with the plan to just um, have a huge drought and a huge flood and then a plague um, in order to jailbreak out of that uh, thing, that's genius. It is, isn't it? And so, Charles, according to the AP report on this, uh, the most common complaint is an ever-present stench of mice urine and decaying flesh which is the one thing that would make conditions in prison actually seem genuinely pleasant by comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose the mice didn't bring a bar of soap, did they? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you'd need more than one bar to clean this up. <laughs> if you want more Chaser headlines, chaser.com.au is the place to You can follow us on all the social platforms. And Charles, what's the code word today if people want to leave a five-star review at Apple Podcasts? Not a race. It's not a fucking race. I don't know why people, you know, want a vaccine because being locked down every fucking few months is just so fucking fantastic. Look, Charles, I know you're still very upset about the cancellation of your two-week trip to beautiful parts of Australia. and yeah. But on the upside, it will mean you can spend more time in a room with me. Oh, great. It's, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> Our gear is thanks to Road Microphones. We've got an appearance coming up at the Melbourne Podcast Festival on the 1st of August. You can book now. And I presume that they're going to refund your tickets in the scenario that it gets cancelled. But Don't book now that. anyway. It'll definitely be on. It's book. fine. Yeah, we'll do it by Zoom and it will be just as good. Uh, oh. And we are part of the ACAST Creator Network. See ya.